Star Wars The Last Jedi. Shocking. <laughs> 533,000, 100,000K. 533,000K? Yeah. That's not a number. 533K. 533,000? It yeah. costs more than that to make. Maybe not K. Million. Million. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Okay. Mike and this is Dave and we don't know what we're doing you'd think that after so many weeks of doing this we would have a clue but we really don't nope we totally forgot to record a podcast last week I don't think we forgot as much as it was Christmas and we just got busy uh, there's never enough fine. time everybody deserves a break over the holidays we just see span out uh, I'm so excited what never mind okay um so I think this week we're gonna kind of talk about um, a bit of a wrap-up for the year. I mean, it's it's January 1st today of 2018. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everybody had a safe and fun holiday. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought it would be kind of fun this week to take a look back at 2017 uh, and kind of talk about some of our, our favorite media, since we're kind of pop culture nerds, kind of talk about some of our favorites this year, and then uh, look ahead a little bit into 2018 and see what we're excited about. Mm-hmm. So Sounds we'll good. kind of run through... Uh, Movies and TV and some other stuff. Sound good? That sounds good. Sounds great. Let's do it. Let's All get, right. Let's get into this, Steve. Let's get into it. Let's do it. What are we starting with? Let's start with movies. Movies. Who's starting? You or me? Uh, why don't you start? Ooh, okay. Yeah. So uh, we did a list of five things. Yeah, uh, our, our top five per movies. Type. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hit me with your first one. All right. It's not in order of like, this is my number one. Okay. And I feel that we didn't really, <laughs> we didn't really go and see a bunch of the movies that came out this year. I don't know. We didn't, but that's okay. Yeah. So this, this list is of stuff that we've seen. Yeah. Because there's exactly. tons of other stuff that I want to go see or just same. came out or yeah, same. whatnot. So uh, I'm terrible about that every year in general, like especially the movies that are running up to award season. Mm. I never end up seeing them until like the summer after the Academy Awards. Well, maybe this year you can uh, rectify that and you actually make it a goal. Yeah, maybe. Cool. All right. So hit me with your first one. All right. So uh, the first one I have on here is It. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was surprisingly good mm-hmm. uh, for being kind of a horror and a book, you know, a Stephen King-based uh, book, yeah. movie. So this is the adaptation of his super, super long novel from oh, the 80s. so long. But it's good. Yeah. I think it's over a thousand pages, maybe. Yeah. So I, I guess, just reread that last year. Guess well, like two years ago now. This would be called It Part One? <laughs> yeah. 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 Because the story is so long, part of it takes place... As kids. Yeah, which this was yeah. the kids' storytelling. Right. And the next movie is going to be about the adult the adults coming right. back to deal with it. Yeah. So, uh, what did you like about it so much? I thought the it, it progressed way uh, better and faster than the miniseries did. Oh, God. Yeah. The miniseries was <sighs> terrible. Yeah. I remember liking it back then, but. Me too. But TV was, prob- was very different back then. Yeah. yeah. And it was probably more the scariness factor. And it was mm. drawn out so long that mm-hmm. it was super creepy. Yeah. And this one was creepy too, but it was more, I think, action-y. Yeah. yeah. And more psychologically scary. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, it definitely was. I think that's what's so crazy about the story in general is it's much, uh, I mean, it is horror for sure, but I think the psychological aspects of it are, are really what's creepy because the whole storyline, it's like it sort of preys upon everybody's biggest fear and exploits mm-hmm. them to terrify you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my first one. Cool. Uh, the second one was uh, The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Good. That one came out this year. It did? Yeah. Oh, I, looked wow. it up I thought it came it said, out in 2016. It was in February. Okay, awesome. Uh, so, so tell the, people what that one's about. The Girl with All the Gifts is a, a kind of different take on the zombie apocalyptic horror series mm-hmm. uh, in which uh, this girl, well, the, the story follows this girl. And she is a little girl, and she is from her. Well, the book is from her her perspective, right? Yes, it's her like narrating the whole thing. Correct. Yeah, but uh, in the movie, it's kind of the storytelling of her and what happens with her and why she has all these gifts and what that means. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just it was a uh, interesting to see that kind of aspect where she's still kind of so not a spoiler. The yeah, girl is a zombie. Yeah, because yeah, you you see that like in the first yeah minute of the movie. Yeah, uh, she's a zombie, but she is also she exemplifies the human aspects, right? Uh, and she doesn't understand why people treat her differently. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Even though she has like the the thirst, she has the instinct and thirst for the flesh. Yeah, um, that she can't control, but she doesn't understand that that's not wrong yeah definitely yeah Yeah. i agree this was a good movie too and this is probably my i think i read it in 2015 Mm -hmm. the book uh, and it was probably my favorite book of that year um and uh mc ganey is as the and mc ganey what's his name uh i forget i'll look it up but mc ganey's the guy from lost Uh, (laughs) anyways uh but yeah, I thought this. I thought it was a really interesting take on the zombie genre too. Like, there's a lot of heart and um, heart and and just sort of like character development too. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, the movie or the book? Uh, both. I mean, the movie actually follows the book quite closely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's told from a different perspective because the book is first person, like yeah. you said, and the movie is more third person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it follows the story really closely. Actually, I thought so. Mm-hmm. It was good. I don't know. I liked it a lot. I liked it too. And I think it answered a few things that I might have missed because I listened to the audiobook at work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, I got caught up in work and might have missed a few things. Yeah. And the the movie kind of answered that. And yeah, I was happy with what came out. Okay. Did you read the sequel or listen to the sequel? No, I haven't listened to that. That yet. just came out this year, which Is was it, The uh, Boy on the Bridge. Oh, no. Yeah. You yeah. told me about that. Yeah. But I haven't. I have it in my Audible. So you should listen oh, to it. I can. Oh, yes, you can. Uh, cool. All right. That was another one. What um, was your next one? The next one was, uh, we just saw this, The Big Sick. Yes, that's on my list as well. Ooh, yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a very cute and uh, interesting story mm-hmm. about um, like two people that come together, different um, backgrounds right. culturally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, can't really spoil it because it's, it tells you right there, but you know. Well, it's in the title. Yeah, one of them yeah. gets sick. Yeah, and uh, then it kind of uh, brings things together. Yeah, and progresses the story. Yeah, even though like somebody's not moving in the story. Why wow, like, you're really selling this? Well, I don't want to give it away because there was. A I lot don't of think it really that... gives away. The whole plot is about like 
So this is it's written by uh, Kamil Nanjiani, who's from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's famous for. Um, he's Pakistani, uh, a comedian, and so the movie is uh, based on the true story of actually how he met his wife yes. in real life. And it's not really a spoiler because the movie is called The Big Sick. But yeah, basically she gets sick, and it's the story is about him sort of being by her side and getting through her sickness and mm-hmm. there's a lot of comedic moments and there's a lot more to the story of course and but. also about his his pakistani uh, yes. heritage and culture which i thought was really interesting traditions mm-hmm. yeah about the um you know the parents were trying to get yes uh, arrange the marriages, marriages right. and such and mm-hmm. he he's not down with it but totally. he doesn't know how to tell his parents yeah and, uh dealing with that kind of thing that you don't really think about because yeah. you know that's not my culture and well i actually thought culture. what was really interesting was the way that it explored balancing both uh um cultural expectation expectation mm-hmm. like with his um you know with his family and like the pakistani traditions and things like that mm-hmm. but it also kind of juxtaposed that with our american social expectations too mm-hmm. because it um he sort of explores like economic status and the pressure of like how your job sort of conveys what you do in life and yes. like there's a sort of there's all this sort of pressure around that in life mm-hmm. um so i thought it was really interesting seeing those kind of those themes juxtaposed in the movie yeah so it's 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 a romantic comedy but mm-hmm. with uh, a lot of intelligence too and heart and and a, a lot, lot of heart. heart and uh yeah so kind of a is an indie movie didn't get not a huge budget not um not a, I mean, some some big names in the like uh, Holly Hunter, oh, Holly yeah. Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's in it. And, Ray Romano and Ray Romano, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they didn't they didn't come in and steal the movie either. They let no. Uh, Camille's Camille's actually the main character. He plays himself, mm-hmm. and he actually just kills it. I, I thought it was such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I thought had, it was a good movie. I'd heard about it a long time ago, and we waited a long time to see yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to see it in theaters, but we I know missed too. out on it. That's what, that's a problem with the limited screens. Mm-hmm. Limited screen releases. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Cool. The fourth one. <laughs> yes. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Oh, okay. See, now that one did not make it to my list. I I enjoyed it at first. I was a little put off about some of the things that happened, yeah. and I still have issues with like some of the lengths and editing that could have been yeah, done. Sure. Uh, but I did appreciate that it. It wasn't just carbon copy of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, for sure. It took some big risks with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it had some really some impressive action scenes that mm-hmm. I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is kind of what you want from it. So it kind of it kind of gave those kind of things to the fanboys, but also yeah. introduced these new ideas and broke from the norms. Yeah. of what okay, this is what's going to happen in this Star Wars. Yes, and it wasn't as bad as the old ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the really, really the or the prequels yeah and it definitely had some cool um cool scenes visually as far as like art direction like there's that scene with it this isn't a spoiler or anything but there's that scene with the the set that's all red in the room it's like a throne room or whatever mm-hmm. that scene the art that direction was really awesome. for that scene was just fantastic yes yeah yeah and I, I agree the movie had some problems or whatever here and there mm-hmm. um you, you know story-wise i'll give it i'll give it a slide because it's a war in space it's whatever but it's star wars yeah <laughs> But I mean, like, just the premise. Like, you have to have some sort of like suspension of disbelief at mm-hmm. that point. But uh, yeah, I think like editing wise, it had some problems. Yeah. But I wish I, I, I agree. Given, I enjoyed it. And I wish I, I would have given again. more screen time to uh, <laughs> some of the other characters that were in it, that and take away some that were like Laura Dern. Yes, like Laura Dern. I, I wish she would have had a little more. Me too. Screen time. Got it. More. Laura Dern. 
more story, I think. Yeah. More build up for that character. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe cut a little bit from the side story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Me I too. thought I'm interested to see where they're going to go next. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see if things that um, were revealed in this one are actually the truth or if it's not, mm. if it's going to be like totally changed mm. in the next one or like a surprise, like actually that's not what happened or mm. that, that's not who that was. It's yeah. this. So we'll see. Cool. And the last one is Coco. Yeah, that was number one on my list, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Coco was so good. Yeah. And um, I think it resonated a little more with me because, you know, I'm brown, Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, during the podcast, we also, I think, learned about the Dia de los Muertos and mm-hmm. kind of that uh, tradition and the uh, culture of that. Right. And to now to know about it not growing up with it and then seeing it here mm-hmm. and being presented in such a not just a it wasn't a, you know it wasn't relying just on stereotypes mm-hmm. it was uh culturally um it was culturally thoughtful mm-hmm. yeah and very considerate a very considerate uh, and it was a loving story as well mm-hmm. and it was uh, all about family mm-hmm. which is very um a uh, very big thing in uh, Latino cultures. Mm-hmm. It's all about family. And I thought it was a very sweet story. Yeah, I agree. And it was beautiful. It was super beautiful. Yeah. It uh, had a wonderful soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And actually, you get you kind of get two soundtracks because they recorded the entire movie in English and in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you played the Spanish one. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the Spanish soundtrack is also excellent. Actually. I think I like it better. Maybe I might, too. Yes. Um I think the other thing too is um, I follow the director on on Twitter, um, and he retweets a lot of stuff of of you know parents and sharing stories of their kids experiencing it and mm-hmm. um, just different people experiencing it. I think it's so cool to see how this movie is really touching people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just saw a tweet just a couple hours ago actually of a a kid who was four and. Um, he had a, a little sister who died like when she was an infant, I think. And uh, he was playing his guitar and he was singing, remember me to a picture Aww. of her at the house, which I thought was just so sweet. Like that kind of uh, storytelling and the music was really just resonating with somebody that young, you mm-hmm. know, who may not even fully understand what the actual story of the movie is fully about yet. You know? So, uh, was, I didn't see that. So were, yeah. were, uh, was that kid, uh, was he Hispanic or Latino or? I don't know. He... It didn't really show. It didn't oh, show okay. his face. I didn't know if it... the picture of the baby it looked like she was white, maybe. Hmm. But he was just he had like a little toy guitar, and he was looking at the picture. Mm-hmm. His parents were like sort of like, you know, um, covertly recording him. <laughs> um, but he was just kind of singing out the song. Oh, that's Coco. really sweet. Yeah, I think that was another one of the reasons I I enjoyed it was because it it presented to the like uh, Latino culture in such you know a loving way but also it kind of you know it showed it worldwide Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like oh here's a show or a little you know rinky movie it was like this big production that um, uh they put a lot of thought into a lot of um research into it to make Mm -hmm. it pretty accurate yeah and um to have all these people all different cultures experiencing it loving it Mm -hmm. um and remembering it yeah uh, it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I actually tweeted him. I tweeted uh, Lee. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and he liked it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I sent my grandma and her, my eighty-three-year-old grandma and her sister to go see it. Yeah, I bought them tickets, and, and they saw it in Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool, and they really loved it. That's so, awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Cocoon. So if you haven't seen that, go see it. And now's the time to go see it because they took away that stupid Frozen cartoon from before it. Okay, so they had said originally this was only going to be in the beginning of it for a couple weeks. Right. They did say that. I know a lot of people got upset because they're like, oh, my God, they ruined it because, you know, they're all going to show this or whatever. Yeah. And it was up front. They were up front with I remember seeing it before Coco came out. And they said they were going to play this Frozen thing. That's fine. I understand. Frozen was still way too long. It was way too long. Yeah. It wasn't a short. Mm-mm. But I know the up 27 minute movie is not a short. <laughs> yeah. No. That's like going to the movies and just watching previews. Yeah. yeah. Well, except previews are good. Frozen was blocked. It was cute. It was okay. But I understand there was uh, an, an issue with people who were like, oh, you have this wonderful like cultural representation and then yeah. you can show this. That is not. That. Yeah. So I understood that. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing I, I disliked about the Frozen thing before Coco most was that we didn't get a Pixar short. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing is like Pixar always has some like phenomenal short film before one of their features, and we didn't get one this time. So I actually wonder if they made one and maybe they're showing it now, or mm. or if it'll be on the you know digital release or whatever. I'm not That's even gonna say DVD question. now, but should ask Google. Yeah, we'll ask Google later. Okay. So was that your top five? Uh, that was my top five. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I had two that were on that. So the Big Sick and Coco were also on my list. But I had three more that uh, I also had. Um, so one of my next ones was Get Out. Mm. So <laughs> what? No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one totally surprised me. Um, I had heard about it, and there was a lot of hype about this movie. And I feel like... Usually when a movie gets hyped up, I'm super disappointed when I see it. But when we finally saw this, I it was such a like a mind warp. Like, holy moly. So this movie's about uh, a young black guy who's dating a white girl. He goes home to meet her parents, and there's some weird stuff going on. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. Uh, there are some funny moments, but it's a social thriller. Yeah. This movie's like kind of scary. Well, I know we were supposed to see it in the movies when yeah. it came out, mm-hmm. and we didn't. We saw it at a, a movie yeah. Monday that we go to. Exactly. And I fell asleep right before the like big twist. Oh yeah! And I woke up and it was like right at the last like minute. And yeah. I was like, "What happened?" Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why I was laughing. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I I, I, don't know. I thought I thought this movie was it was super well done, um, especially because I think what was especially surprising was that it was by Jordan Peele from mm-hmm. Key and Peele. Uh, you know, he's so well known for comedy, um, but then to write something like this that's a super th- um, a, a thriller, a slash horror movie, but also that makes you really think about um, sort of like social subjects too. Like it just totally blew me away. So really well done, shot really well, good a good score to it too. Um, just really interesting story. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. Yeah, I would have put that down, but I didn't watch it all. I watched it. So I, I finished watching. So the wait, end you part. still haven't seen the end? No, no, no. I saw the end part, but okay. I didn't see it all in the, the whole. Okay. So okay, gotcha. On there. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, okay, my other one. Um, I put Logan on there. <sighs> so I didn't see that one. Yeah, you didn't see that one yet. I saw this on a plane actually. <sighs> and you, wow, that's not, pretty impressive. I know, I know exactly because a plane is not the best way to see a movie. But I saw this coming back from 
I think when I went to London for work this year, mm-hmm. um, I saw this. And I don't usually like these superhero movies that much. Like, I, I go to see most of them because everybody goes, and they're fun or whatever, but I don't love them. Um, and I was... I was kind of wary about this one because I do not like the X Men movies. <laughs> They're so bad now. Hey, well, actually, I take the that newer back. ones. The, the, the newer ones well, are okay. Yeah, we didn't see the last one. Yeah, then well, yeah, but uh, this one was so so different. This was almost like a film noir. It was just so crazy. It really explores his backstory and, um, you know, Hugh Jackman after playing Wolverine for so many years, he just really like you believe that he is that character now. Mm. You know. Um, but getting a lot more, a lot deeper into who, these characters in this one, you know, it's not the whole squad. It's not all the X-Men in this one. It's, it is Wolverine and Professor X is in it, but in a very different context. Cause this one's, um, you know, in the sort of near future, uh, after these other movies and, um, so Professor X is very old, and and Patrick Stewart uh, just phenomenal in this movie, like playing that character of this respected professor who you know started all this stuff um, and has all this power, but then he's contrasted that with this character that is like has a very vulnerable side because he's old and he's sick and ailing, and hmm. Wolverine, who's this temperamental badass, is also taking care of him, and they have a very conflicted relationship with each other. Hmm. Um, just really, really good writing, really well done, shot very well. And then, I mean, you got your traditional action sequences in there too. But um, I don't know. This one just really, really surprised me. And I was surprised by how much I liked it. I've even been tempted to buy this movie the past couple of days. Did you see it in color or in black and white? I saw the color version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although even the color version is is very sepia tone. Like the whole movie is very like golden looking. Mm. Yeah. Did you see the previous Wolverine movies? No, I've never seen any of the Wolverine yeah, movies. Yeah, I did either. Yeah. I, yeah. I heard they were bad, so I didn't see them. Yeah, exactly. But it didn't seem to matter. I understood what was going on just fine. Hmm. Yeah. All right, so my last uh, movie in my top five was Atomic Blonde. Okay, that was fun. I loved Atomic Blonde. I've already watched it like three times. You're crazy. Yeah. So Atomic Blonde is uh, Charlize Theron. She is a spy in Berlin in 1989 when the two sides of uh, Germany were kind of starting to, you know, kind of collapse and and all that. So... uh, just, I think this movie, I think it's really appealing to me just because it really proves that a female can be a number, like a huge action star without having to be a, um, an arm piece for a man in the movie. Hmm. I mean, she, this movie is like, it, it is pure action from start to finish, but it's also like female empowerment in a lot of ways. I mean, she is just such a badass. She's not interested in dudes in this movie very clearly. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just thought it was superbly well done. It's photographed beautifully. The action was just choreographed super well. It's got that this the staircase. Oh scene. my gosh! Yes, this action sequence in a stairwell. That I don't know if it is all one shot or if it just appears to be one shot. But it goes on for like ten minutes. It's wonderful. Yeah, it was the, when we got our movie. when we got our four K TV. That was the first thing I watched. <laughs> so it was. yes. Also, it has. <laughs> A wonderful soundtrack. Oh yeah, because it's, it's all eighties. It's all like eighty super eighties alternative. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. And some of the some of the um, some of the songs in the soundtrack are the European versions, which are in different languages and stuff too, which Ooh. is super cool. So that was my uh, my other one. Uh, I did want to have a special mention for 
most disappointing movie of 2017. Oh, see, I was going to. This is just one I threw out there because it angered me so much. Wow. The Dark Tower. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, they just destroyed like my favorite book series. Just horrible. As a person that didn't read them and watched it, it was all right. Yeah. You know why it's all right? Because it has nothing to do with the books. If they would have just called it like, if they would have just called it, Matthew McConaughey is the devil and Idris Elba is a badass that is chasing him, it would have been fine. But they didn't. They called it the Dark Tower. It was so stupid. Ugh, God, don't even bother seeing it. Anyways. All right. Um, So why don't we talk about movies that we're excited about for 2018? Okay. I'm sure... We might have some overlap. All right. This. Hit me. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, let's do it at the same time, but that'll be really Oh, well, yeah, that'll be weird. Okay. Uh, Avengers, Infinity War. Yeah. I know you're excited about this one. Yes. Oh, Thanos is going to come and destroy everything. I don't know who that is. He's and... the big blue guy. Okay. Puts on the gauntlet. Cool. Okay. Why is that exciting? I don't know. Uh, I was interested. Like, why do I care about Thanos? You don't. I oh. do. That's why why should I care about Thanos? Why should you? Because yeah. he's like a galactic badass, and he's gonna just Aren't destroy they all? everything. Not necessarily. I mean, in their own way. Hulk and Thor just had their whole movie where they were buddy buddy galactically. Yeah, but there's Guardians of the Galaxy can't... galactically. Yeah, but like they don't destroy worlds and mm. whatnot. All right. So basically, if he has the gauntlet with all the, yeah. the stones in it, stones is that what they're calling? It? I don't know. Gems and stones, they keep, yeah, they have a different. So it's a jewelry movie, kind of, yes. Okay, try to collect them all. It's like Pokemon. Oh, okay. Uh, and once he collects them all and wears it, he can like control everything, all right. not just like planets, like time and space. And not to spoil it, but because it's Disney and they want to make more money, he probably won't win. The Avengers will probably win so that there can be more movies. Well, that's going to be part two, okay, but he's going to wreck some stuff up first. All right, I mean, I'm gonna see it, but. Yeah. It's not at the top of my list of things I'm looking forward to. All right. What's All right. Uh, one that you're interested in? Um, Annihilation. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this movie. You read the books? I did read the books. So this is a, a book series that came out a couple years ago by Jeff Vandermeer. Uh, there, it's a trilogy, three books. Um, basically, it's about a, uh, and I'm not giving you anything away here. This is all in the trailer. Um, like a mysterious barrier, like a force field comes down. Uh, in the book, I think they say it's part of the Pacific Northwest. Um, but this barrier comes down around part of the U.S., and everything inside of it is completely cut off from the outside world. Hmm. And I know what you're saying right now is like, didn't we already have that with this Under terrible thing dome? called Under the Dome? No. <laughs> so the difference is this isn't like a clear barrier. It's this like weird um, force field thing. Like, like a bubble. Yeah, you can't see into it or out of it. People can't communicate. Everything's cut off, and people that go in don't come back out ever yes Hmm. so it's weird so the book is based around um the central character who's a woman and she goes in there as part of a um expedition yeah like an exposition yeah or like a search party and they go in there to figure out what happens Uh, natalie portman's gonna play her in the movie Hmm. um the book is just super weird it's super creepy it's uh it's psychological it's ecological it's social sociological it is super weird it's all the logical it's all of the logicals yeah i really enjoyed the books a lot um so i was super excited to see the uh the trailer that came out a couple weeks ago how many books are there 
Just three. They're oh, short. Okay, a trilogy. Yeah, of course. It's a everything's a trilogy now. Yeah, but you know, I have to say about the books is um, each book is pretty different. Hmm. Like the first book is definitely centered around the Natalie Portman character. Mm-hmm. And then books two and three are very different. They're the same storyline, but different characters, sort of. So it'll so, be interesting to see if they tie that into the movie or not. Is this just going to be a, uh, the combining of all the not books? Sure. Oh, okay. I haven't looked Unclear. into it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. But I'm really excited about it. The trailer looks really good. Um, they've got like a, a nice score going with the trailer already where it's got a very Inception kind of like very bassy uh, like horns or woodwind section. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sounds really cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. What about you? What's another one? Uh <laughs> Gosh, I'm looking at my list now. It's like almost all superhero. Oh, jeez. Okay. Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know. I didn't really read that comic or know much about that character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's really awesome that they're gonna portray this character. Yeah. And have him, you know, be a part of the Avengers like story as well. Yeah. So is this mo- is is his movie coming out before the Avengers movie? I believe so. Yes. Okay. That's. Good. I think it's another. Might be the last one before. Before the, Infinity War. Yeah. Okay. So it'll answer like one more thing and then Got like it. sets it up for that final battle. Cool. Or the beginning of the final battle. That's cool. Yeah. I just I just saw a thing over the weekend that the first cut, the, that they're saying that the first cut of Black Panther is four hours long. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see a four hour long movie. Yeah. Either. yeah. Well, I have to say too, like even though this is a superhero movie, mm-hmm. and I just said I'm not super interested in those, like I am interested in this movie because it does look different. Mm-hmm. The character design alone that they're doing, that they've shown already for like the costumes and everything, looks really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also just I'm excited to get some some superheroes that are new and fresh too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I I didn't really know much about yeah. him other than what I've seen. Yeah. In uh, like the movie, the previous movies, yeah, kind of like. Well, we have one of the uh, one of the the books over here, Black Panther. Yeah, Ooh. well, of the new versions. Oh, okay. Um, our friend Russell got me got it for me for I think for my birthday. I forget, but I'm pretty sure it was for my birthday. But it's one of the new ones. Um, oh, nice. That Tennessee Coates is one of the co-writers of. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. All cool. right. What about your? Um, let's see. Incredibles two. <laughs> I'm super excited. Was this on your list? It's on my. Uh, yeah. That's the next one I have. Okay. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this one. This is a sequel to the Pixar movie from 2004. Um, this was. Uh, I mean, before Coco, this was probably my favorite Pixar movie. Uh, I remember. I saw this at El Capitan when it came. Did out. you? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was a silly little like dance show. I think yeah. right before. Yeah. Um. I, I love the original. It's kind of an interesting take where it's like instead of just superheroes, it's sort of like the whole idea is um, what if the world decides they don't want superheroes anymore and then superheroes have to go into hiding and live, lead family lives. And then, you know, 20 years later or whatever, hell breaks loose and they have to come back as a family. That was the plot of the original. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It's got a phenomenal score from Michael Giacchino. Just wonderful. The art, um, the art was the so art good. The art is incredible. Yeah, I think that might have been the first art of Pixar book that I bought. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm super excited about this sequel. And the only thing I really know about it is, like, plot wise, is that um, it's going to be about Mr. Incredible um, has to stay home and take care of the kids while Elastigirl is out fighting crime. Really? So it's a bit of a role reversal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the only thing I know about it so far. Because mm. the teaser doesn't show anything, really. It's like Mr. Mom. Yeah, I mean, basically. Yeah. Basically. So it'll be interesting. And it sounds like the whole cast is coming back, too. So, awesome. Yeah. 
Sounds good. Uh, okay, so that was mine. What about what about you? What's next for you? Ready Player One. That's also on my list. <laughs> I Although I have to say I'm a little skeptical on this one, but I am excited. But go ahead. Why why are you looking forward to it? Uh, just because it's you know about games. Yeah, kind of. So tell people what this book was about because it's another oh, book. Gosh. Um. Quick synopsis. Quick synopsis. There's this guy that uh he runs this virtual world mm-hmm. that dies and the guy the guy dies not the virtual the guy dies yeah um and he he puts out these easter eggs yeah in the in the world yes the oasis the oasis and whoever can find them on unlock them right uh whoever gets to the last one i think right i don't remember (laughs) whoever finds all of them yeah whoever finds all of them wins a shit ton of money wins all the money and control of the right the, the oasis world. and this is important because this book takes place in the future mm-hmm. uh when actually not so distant future but it's dystopian right yes but that that's that's why it's the the virtual world is important because it takes place in the near future our world has gone so bad that people seek escapism in this virtual world mm-hmm. because life is so bad in reality yes so that's why everybody wants control of this because it's Everything is run in this virtual world. Whoever controls the oasis controls right. the world. Yeah, I mean the book. The book was really fun. I, I I'm gonna say though, I I don't think it's a great book. I think it's oh, it's gosh. a really fun book. I don't think it's extraordinarily well written, but yeah. it's a fun book. It relied really heavily on yes. nostalgia, eighties yes. nostalgia, arcade. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it very referential. Um, but that's why it's fun. It's going to be a good popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. So I will say the reason I'm a little skeptical about this is because of the trailers I've seen so far. It looks like there's so much CG. It might as well just be an animated movie. Ooh. However, half of the book or more takes place in Inside the virtual the world. Oasis. So yeah. I don't know. I guess just when I was picturing it, when I read the book, I was picturing like, oh, the Oasis looks real. Like mm. it doesn't look, I don't know. When I look at it, it's like some of them look cartoony. So Hmm. I don't know. We'll uh, see. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm being open minded about it. Virtual world. Yeah. So anything can happen in a virtual world. I'm being open Because, like, a lot of the things you, you can't expect it to be real. Yes. Because, yeah. Well, yeah. Because that's the whole, the whole idea was it like inside the computer, you can be anything you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. It could be cool. Hopefully, Will Wheaton doesn't narrate this one because <laughs> he narrates <laughs> the audiobook. And it bugged yeah. me. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, the next one for me, uh, I'm really looking forward to A Wrinkle in Time. Ooh, I, I thought about that one too. Yeah. So this is another really fun book. This was actually the, so my mom read, read this to me when I was really young, so young that I don't even remember it. Wow. I remember her reading the opening scene to me, but that's about it. Um, do you remember it now? No, Oh, not at all. So it's, it's actually going to be like one of my first books that I read in 2018 because I want to reread it before the movie comes out and it's short. Is it a trilogy? Uh, there's multiples. I don't remember how many. Hmm. Uh, I only we only did the first book, um, but this is a it's a classic. Came out in the '60s um, and was sort of like the first uh, sci-fi book for many people, including myself. Um, so this is kind of a reboot. Um, uh, Ava DuVernay is directing it, um, and she is uh, she was responsible for um, Queen Sugar, which is one of my oh, TV shows I'm super addicted Sugar to. Sugar Queen. Yeah. 
Um, and then Oprah's <laughs> producing it. Oprah's in it with Mindy Kaling, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine, Zach Galifianakis. Um, it looks really interesting. Yeah, the cast looked really interesting. Yeah, and it just visually looks really cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the plot is um, there's this uh, guy who's a scientist, and he figures out in, in the movie they're making it. He's discovered a new planet, and he travels there inside a tesseract. Ooh. So, I mean, you have me hooked there. But the the book focuses mainly around the young girl um, who's trying to get her dad back or whatever. And um, so that's what the movie's going to be about, too. But I'm really interested in it. It looks really cool. The trailer looks great. Yeah, the trailer makes um, it look really, Oprah really looks cool. really freaking cool, actually. I can't believe I just <laughs> said that. But Oprah looks really cool in the, in the trailer. Does it make so, you want to eat bread? I love bread. I love bread. Uh, so yeah, that one looks really cool. All right, what about you? Next one. Last one. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh my God, is that coming out in 18? That's uh, allegedly, that's Holy what the crap. interweb said. Okay. Well, if the interweb said, it must be true. It must be true. Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to that one too then. Yeah, he breaks the internet. Ah. Uh, oh. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. See, I'm a little worried about this one too because Wreck-It Ralph 1 ended so perfectly. It did end really It's well. like I wanted more, but I don't want them to screw it up with a the bad one although i say i always say that about toy story as well and then they just like they keep making these toy stories better and better and better so i'm like okay prove me wrong <laughs> they can do it with this too yeah i mean hopefully it's happened to even more uh arcade characters or mm-hmm. game characters yep that story you know hopefully is well yeah. done yeah i'm sure the animation and lighting will be on point because yeah. they it usually is yep so um, wreck it ralph one was about uh, like an old 80s arcade game. Um, it takes place inside the game world. And so the arcade character, his game sort of <laughs> not comes to end of life or whatever, but people yeah. stop playing it. And then they unplug it and then they're gone. Right. And so it's kind of explores this whole idea of like what happens to characters that are forgotten in a way. Um, and there's a lot of heart in that original movie. A lot of cool mm-hmm. themes and fun ideas and really cool characters and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, uh, really good cast. Um, so yeah, I'm super stoked for that one. That's cool. Cool. Those are our movies. Oh, I have right. some... Uh... Oh, wait, I have one more. What? I have one more. Ah. Okay, one more for me. I'm actually excited about Ocean's 8. <laughs> so this is the Ocean 11, Ocean's 11 kind of a reboot. Um, which is the you know the spy caper film, which is funny because Ocean's Eleven was already a remake from the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because nothing's original anymore. Yeah, but I think this one looks just interesting because uh, it's uh, primarily female cast, mm-hmm. so it's a big spin on that, um, like a big caper movie that's going to be all women. I think that's really cool. Um, Who are the women? Uh, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Rihanna, Helen and Bottom Carter, Mindy Kaling, and Sarah Paulson. Woo! And they're going to be robbing Anne Hathaway. So, I mean, the Princess Diaries. It, like, even if the movie is bad, I will go see it just because of that. I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's gonna be a popcorn movie. I just think it looks fun. It looks stupid. It looks silly. It looks wonderful. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we've got some good good movies in for 2018. We do, and I have a little thing to top that off. Okay. So I was look wondering, like, what were the top grossing movies compared to what we we liked and watched? Okay. Uh, the top grossing movies, according to Box Office Mojo, was Star Wars: the Last Jedi. Shocking, <laughs> five hundred thirty-three thousand, hundred thousand K, five hundred thirty-three hundred thousand K. Yeah, that's not a number. Five three three K. 
533,000. It yeah. costs more than that to make. Maybe not K. Million. Million. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, oh, okay. That was five, a good movie, actually. 504 million. Yeah. About. Yeah. That didn't make it into my top five, but Mm-mm. that was a good movie. Yeah, I, really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a good adaptation. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman, 412.5 million. Also, also good. I didn't see that. I saw it on the plane also. <sighs> also good, but not in my top five. Hmm. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I enjoyed this one a lot. I really enjoyed it too, but again, not in my top. It was almost 390 million. Okay. Uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Okay. 334 million. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not a Spider Man guy. I would have liked to see it. It looks really interesting. All right. Well, we can rent it. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, not K million. Yeah. I don't know why you keep saying K. I don't know. Mike thinks movies are made for pennies. Maybe. Okay. Back in the old days. Back in my day. All right. So let's get to TV. All right. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've gone long already. We're already at 40 minutes. Yeah, that's fine. It's it's fine. A, it's an extra long episode to yeah, make up for last week. Exactly. All right. So TV. I'm going to start off this time. Okay. Okay. We're going to talk about our top five shows mm-hmm. um, from 2017. And I put these down. These weren't necessarily shows that debuted in 2017. Okay. But these are... Um, I limited it to at least shows that at least had a new season in 2017. I will. If you did it different, that's fine. I will agree with that because that's what I kind of did too. My first one was Master of None. Mm. So this is on Netflix. Um, Aziz Ansari, who was famous for Parks and Rec, um, he has written the show. I think it's really great. Season one um, was the year before, um, and it basically follows a group of friends in New York um, living in their late twenties and it kind of follows, um, you know, like life and dating and work and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and kind of actually sort of like similar to the big sick, um, followed sort of like social pressures in an Indian family in this case with Aziz, um, with his parents, kind of like his, their expectations of like what he should be doing and stuff. Um, but I specifically thought this was really cool because season two, um, took the show even further and season two takes place in Italy because something happens in season one that makes him do a life change. He goes to Italy for season two. Um, but they tried a lot of new stuff in season two that I thought was just really cool. Um, really sort of traditional filmmaking stuff. There's even an episode that's fully black and white. That's I like saw a, that one. Yeah. I, I, the show is just so well written. It's so relatable just on a, like a, a level of, what people in our age range kind of go through at that age. And, but I also just thought it was phenomenally well written this year and well photographed. And it just made me really think about like, um, you know, how much I, I used to love movie making and storytelling and stuff like that. I just, I really loved season two so, so much. Hmm. And I don't want to say too much about it because it's kind of a simple storyline. Um, but just give it a spin. It's they're short seasons. Watch them. Thanks for watching it without me. I will watch it again. I liked it that much. <sighs> but you watched it without me. Get over it. Okay, next. <laughs> uh, Stranger Things 2. Okay, yeah. It was fun. It, it was, was good. fun. Yeah. It wasn't a complete letdown. No, actually, I enjoyed it, it a lot. I was, I was very worried it was going to be a letdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you like most about it? Hmm. <laughs> the tribute to Barb. Barb wasn't forgotten. That's true. I was very happy to see that. Uh, what did I like most about it? Hmm. 
think they're just revisiting the story and seeing yeah. what this new thing, is, what's happening with mm-hmm. it. Visit back to the Upside Down. Yeah. Uh, and seeing the kids like try to figure out. Yeah. Getting their zany ways to mm-hmm. combat the bad. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of like hitting the same kind of points that were successful from season one with like the small town characters that are close knit and things like that, but then also expanding it. Like they brought in Sean Astin this season uh-huh. uh, with a really interesting character who you somehow grew to really like with the limited time that he's on screen. Yeah. I mean, he's only in a couple of episodes. Yeah. At um, first you're like, Oh God, he's yeah, so annoying. Totally. And like, I don't know. Like, yeah. So vanilla. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then you grow to like him really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. It was a good season. Didn't make it into my top five. um, But I really did enjoy Stranger Things, too. I did. Okay. So I did enjoy the the way that they treated a specific character who you really don't like in the first episode, in the first season. Mm. And yeah. How that character transformation happened. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And I, I hope that next season they give Millie Bobby Brown a little more to say. Hopefully yeah. she learns a little more and yeah. she's not just spouting off like one word sentences. And I hope they go mess with some other kid. <laughs> yeah, that poor three. kid. I know. He's been through a he's lot. He's been through a lot. Also, you know what? I hope they give him a better haircut. <laughs> <laughs> he has the most annoying 80s haircut. Is that the one you had? No, but I think my brother had it. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. My next one was uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Also on my list. Okay. So this one's on Hulu, uh, based on Margaret Atwood's uh, dystopian novel from the 80s. Uh, Basic plot point is at some point in the semi-near future, um, we're seeing a theme here, semi-near dystopia. Um, So at some point in the near future, something happens and something like 95% of women go sterile and they're no longer able to produce children. Mm -hmm. Um, And so men become kind of creepy evil, not all men, but most men that are in control of the government become evil and they take over the remaining percentage of the female population that can reproduce and they herd them and keep them basically as... Slaves. reproduction slaves for yeah. the rich yeah um so i read the book of this a few years ago um and the book is super messed up but holy crap is this show messed up yeah from the first episode yes. you're just like wow it's yeah yeah it, uh, it's powerful totally i think yeah yeah this is, and it stars elizabeth olsen um elizabeth moss. elizabeth moss sorry i always get those two confused elizabeth moss uh she was from Famous from Mad Men uh, and The West Wing. She is just incredible in this show. Yes. I mean, just so wonderful. Like, you just feel for her right from episode one. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, it also has Anne Dowd, who was in uh, The Leftovers, and she's on Good Behavior now. Um, she's the lady who's like the the corporal. Oh, the yeah. Hand. She's really good, too. The What's her name? Uh, Aunt? Yeah. Aunt. Yeah, Aunt. Uh, I forget. Yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah, that show was really good, right? Yeah, that that was so surprisingly good, and so, oh, it's rough to watch sometimes. But it was like I can't stop watching. Yeah, and it was scary Mm -hmm. because of all the things kind of happening in the world. Yep, it's it was like, oh my god, can this happen? This could happen. Holy crap! Yeah, and also a, a really really smart adaptation of a novel too. They made some they made some stylistic choices and some small story choices. Uh, like 
that departed from the novel, but I think that were really smart to make it more modern and uh, to keep it going. So I'm excited to see what they do for season two. And also, can we talk about how Yvonne Strahovski looks like Portia de Rossi? Is that the lady that's the wife? The wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. She looks so much like uh, She looks like Portia, Portia de Rossi, Rossi pre-plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A younger Portia yeah. de Rossi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but she, oh, she's so good, too. Yeah. That, everybody in that show was cast very well. Yes. Yeah. All right. But you will probably need a drink after watching it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. What was your next one? Uh, the Leftovers. Oh, man. Look at that. Is that another Ann Dowd? Another one with Ann Dowd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, The Leftovers loved The Leftovers. Yeah. It was so good. So tell everybody what this one's about. Okay. So Leftovers is a story about um, uh, the the people that are left over after 2% of the world's population just disappear. Yeah. They never really call it the rapture. No. But they kind of allude to it being like a rapture. Yes, I mean, they, sort of. Yeah, they never explicitly say what happens. No, which is a lot of people were upset about that because I like, wasn't. I preferred that they didn't like say what happened to him. Like this exactly. show, stupid. I don't yeah. understand. Like, are you going to tell us what happened? Mm-hmm. And that that's not the point of the book. Exactly. The show is called The Leftovers. Yes. This is how these people that got left over after yes. their families, their friends, yes. their colleagues are just gone. Yeah. And how they dealt with it. Yeah. And and can I interject here? Okay. I have a feeling that part of that decision was uh, a, um, what do you call that? Like a doing time for Damon Lindelof. Because Damon Lindelof was showrunner on this. Funny. Who was also showrunner, one of the showrunners on Lost. Uh-huh. And on Lost, 90% of people were very unhappy with the final episode of that show where they explained what happened. Uh-huh. And very similar themes, if you think about it, because mm-hmm. Lost, yes, they were on a trapped on an island or whatever, but a lot of Lost was about, like, how do you deal with people? What happens? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the situation that you're in? Mm-hmm. And same thing with The Leftovers. So I think it was like they did a much better job with The Leftovers of just sticking to the core point of the story mm-hmm. rather than trying to fill like every little fanboy's need of like what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I read an article a little earlier. And yeah. it was just like, that's what it was talking about. It was like, this is the, if you were a fanboy of Lost yeah. and you were cranky about that, mm-hmm. like, this is the payoff that you totally deserve yeah. and you need. Yeah. Uh, but I thought they wrapped it up really well. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, if you read the book, or I read the book, I listened yeah. to the book, and the book wasn't very um, supernatural or mm-hmm. no, not really much paranormal things. It was just other than like the 2% yeah. disappeared and the people kind of, dealt with it and this is yeah. how they dealt with it and here, here were their stories mm-hmm. uh in the show i feel that there are a lot more allusions to um supernatural mm-hmm. and just kind of weird things yes. that don't normally happen yeah uh and i like that more yeah I, actually i found the the show to be more entertaining than what the book was yeah because i feel like without those elements it would have just been like an episode or it, like it would have been like a black mirror or whatever mm-hmm. like it would have just been a one-off mm-hmm. like you could have told the story of like here's what these people did after a two percent of the population left you mm-hmm. know that could have been very short but yeah they added some side plots and things that were very very successful yeah also bravo justin thoreau because he was so good in that show and so was um carrie coon oh, oh my yeah. god holy moly she, she was, was so, so good. good and her character oh my god yeah so heartbreaking yeah like her character and yeah it you just don't know what you would do if yeah. like something like that would happen if your mm-hmm. family disappeared. Yeah. 
You know, I think that's what's really interesting about that show in particular. It was like every single episode, there was some element that was like so excruciatingly sad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, you were addicted to it. You really wanted to watch it. You cared about the, the character. The character development yeah. was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, and some of the weird stuff that happening was happening, you were like, oh, what? Is that real? Is mm-hmm. that in their head? Yeah. Like, I want to know more. And I think totally. I thought they did a really good job with that. But this final season, I thought that it was a nice wrap up of kind of what was happening and yeah. uh, just the moving on. Of Agreed. What happened? Totally. Even though they don't tell you, just spoiler, they're not going to tell you what happens. Um, what yeah. happened? What happened to the yeah to the other people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why it happened? They don't tell you. Yes. True. So, but it, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That music cue that they have. Which one? The piano music cue. The opening theme. No, the one that they do like uh, their the love. Um, I don't know which one it like specifically is, but there's the music. There's a specific piano theme that happens. Okay. Uh, and it's just so beautiful, and it always makes me want to mm. cry because mm. it's just so beautiful. Mm. It's the, very melancholy. Doo, doo. Uh, you can add it. Yeah. How about oh, okay. That? Yeah. You got it. Very melancholy. Yes. Very melancholy. Yeah. Just... Even the opening theme is very melancholy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they change it every year. Well, yeah. Season one was very specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other two seasons were weird. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Kind of bummed that show's over. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, my next one that I really liked in 2017 was another series that concluded in 2017, which was Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, yeah. So this was a show on AMC, um, which followed sort of the early days of the computer industry um, through like the late 70s, early 80s, up through probably like the mid to late 90s. Um, and it was based on a, a handful of core characters, um, but really explored like what how exciting that time period was, you know, where mm-hmm. it was like pure innovation, a space that, um, that didn't really, or wasn't widely known at that time, you know? And, mm-hmm. y- you know, in our world now, you throw that word innovation out there and like all kinds of words come to mind. And of course we live here in Silicon Valley and you think about like venture capital and blah, 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 and barf, barf, barf. But, you know, <laughs> back in the day, like, it was such a new thing. Like how exciting must that have been? You know, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how like, exciting that must have been. Having a website and I have. Well, even before there. that, just like having a computer in your home. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I think that was really cool. Um, so it's fictional uh, in the fact that it's like, they follow fictional company and fictional characters, but based on very real things and other real companies are mentioned. Like they mention HP and Apple and um, you know, the whole kind of PC versus uh, Mac war in the eighties and stuff like that. Um, but really, really well developed, developed characters and just super gripping. Um, and Lee Pace started, was the kind of lead in that one. He was on pushing daisies previously. He was also in the fall and he was in, uh, one of those Marvel movies. He was in guardians of the guardians. He was a bad guy. Yeah. He's really good. Um, but also had scoop McNary who's now on a, a Western, uh, on, um, Netflix with uh, with uh, the girl Michelle Dockery from from uh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just really, really good show. Really good show. Were you happy with the way they wrapped it up? Yeah, I actually, really was. Hmm. They they did because the first couple seasons were very uh, '80s centric, and then mm-hmm. in this last season, they 
jumped really far forward and they moved to San Francisco in the nineties, like mm-hmm. the dot com era. Yeah. So it's really interesting to like they jumped away from like the hardware and early software development to like really exploring what those early days of the internet were like and how fast it moved and like how AOL was everybody's house and it was like a big war and um I don't know, I find that stuff interesting in general, but kind of just putting a narrative around it with characters that you've grown to really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. And yeah, how many they, seasons were there? I think it was three. Yeah. They wrapped it up well. I actually like that this is like a trend that American television is catching on to now. This has already been a thing on British television for years, but like uh, shorter seasons with bigger budget because it lets you develop characters and and you you get more out of it. And when the show is ready to be done, they end it. They don't run it on for 10 seasons or whatever. They don't need to, you know? How about that intro title sequence? Oh, for Halt and Catch Fire? Yeah. 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 They have a really cool... Uh, intro like a little theme and really cool visualization yeah the visuals it. were really good. yeah very but also synth wave yeah went, yeah way with the music yeah it's yeah. cool yeah all right what was your next one let's see uh big little lies Aha, also on my list yeah yeah this was a good one we got sucked into it we did yeah well i already knew i was gonna be sucked into it you read the book right because i read the book okay yeah yeah this is a a book by uh leanne moriarty uh, came out a couple years ago. Was it a long book or a short book? It's a short book. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I read it in a couple days. And how was the adaptation for the book compared to this? It's good. So the the story is basically um, about a small community. And of rich white people. Y- yes. In the book, they don't really... They don't say? say? They don't explicitly say white Ooh, people. But okay. I mean, in the show it is. Yeah. Um, small community. And there's. it starts off... This is not a spoiler because this is how the book begins and this is how the show begins but it starts off with uh someone has died at a uh fundraising event for an elementary school <laughs> you got me there yeah <laughs> and so um the book the book actually takes place in australia really yeah oh interesting so they uh hbo adapted it to monterey california for us <laughs> audiences which i think was actually a very smart move mm-hmm. um made it relatable like monterey still I feel like to most people, it's kind of like a, not exotic, but it's like, a oh, I know where that is on a map vaguely, or I visited there for a weekend, mm-hmm. but I don't know a lot about it. So it's kind of an interesting location in that way. I know what those houses are when I move there. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> the houses were all shot in Malibu. <laughs> mm, I don't know if I want to yeah. move there. Um, but what did you like about this one? Uh, I think another an- another show that had a good character development. Mm-hmm. Really the good characters character were. I don't know. I felt that I liked them, even or I enjoyed watching them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I see what happened with them, yeah, uh, I felt that some of them were realistic, very realistic. In both, uh, like I don't give a f attitude, yeah. and also in the I'm r- rich and powerful, and I'm mm-hmm. going to get whatever I want, yeah, the way I want it, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think what I really liked about this was with the characters specifically was that um, they did a really good job. Uh, I think actually in the show more so than the book, but they did a really good job of making you like characters that are flawed. Mm, like Reese mm-hmm. Witherspoon's character, for example, she's she's a B. Like, yeah, she's not a super nice person. I mean, to, they were all flawed. Yeah, everybody. For and that, sure. I think that was a good thing too. Exactly. Just, like everybody's flawed. Yes. Like regardless yes. of how much money you have or yep. how well off you are, yep. like everybody's flawed. And I think it also like explores like there are 
aspects of relationships where it's um, like romantic relationships and marriages and and things like that. They are very complicated and often not what they seem from the outside. Mm -hmm. And they have many different sides. And it's really really interesting. The way that they explored that on the show, I think they did even better than in the book. Yeah, because in the book they, you know, they try to keep the plot moving forward a lot more, and mm-hmm. the, the this the core plot from the book is in the show for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but they definitely developed the characters more for the series to to lengthen it out a bit. Yeah, it was a limited series, like eight eight episodes maybe seven or eight seven or yeah. eight. Yeah, but there's gonna be a season two, even though they said they weren't gonna make another season. Yeah, <laughs> there's gonna be a season two. I'm I'm sold. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because the book, I mean, well, even the show, I mean. It, very clearly wraps up. It does, but, it but well, kind no, of, although the show they do leave it. Like, there's a final, there's a final open. scene where it's like, oh, it could be open if we wanted it. Yeah, to. or this could be it. Yeah, so. and that's not really in the book. I don't, I don't remember it being in the mm, book anyway. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see yeah. what they do. Also, can we talk about the fact that Nicole Kidman looks amazing? Yeah, I mean, how old is she now, and she looks like that? That is not fair at all. I mean, she works out. She, you can work out and have sheesh, that body. Too. Sheesh. <laughs> my lord uh yeah all right cool um all right well i only had one more on my list because that was an overlap for me too okay what do you got 13 reasons why oh so on my list which we just saw yeah did this one sort of barely made our list because yeah. we just watched this we yeah. binge watched it over christmas break I just finished watching it on saturday yeah so this is a show on netflix um actually a really heavy show the primary the plot and again not a spoiler this is what the show's about um, a girl in high school commits suicide. And then the show sort of is about um, this girl commits suicide and leaves a series of tapes, mm-hmm. uh, cassette tapes, 13. Of 13 of them, explaining why she did it. And she leaves it for primary, primarily classmates. Um, and so the show is like following it. Every episode is one of the tapes and mm-hmm. it follows why she did it. And at first it's very like, wow, she seems happy. I don't understand what happened here. And mm-hmm. as the show goes on, it, like things just rapidly unfold, and it's really interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that the way it wasn't um, it wasn't just about her. Yes. Like, the story is about the group, A lot of people. A lot yeah. of people about bullying in mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. and just all these other things that unfold. Yeah. You're just like, what? Yeah, totally. It really... Yeah. It made me think back to my time in high school, which, I mean, it's going quite far back now. I mean, it's over 20 years now, but because mm-hmm. um, I'm old. Uh, but, you know, it really made me think, like, you know, I I dealt with some of this kind of stuff in high school, and that was 20 years ago. So, Jesus, what are kids going through in high school now? Yeah, I can't and even this was a, kind of an update of, like, oh, the internet. Yes. Um, was it, like, airdropping things? Yeah, and- yeah. Uh, yeah, that, just totally crazy. Uh, would yeah. not want to be in high school right now. Oh my god, it's insane. Just really heavy subject matter too. Like I'm not even gonna go into all of it because it'll spoil some of the plot. But just you know, suicide alone is it's a hard thing to talk about. You know, depression and mm-hmm. depression, bullying, uh, things like that. They're they're hard things to talk about. So I actually thought that the show was, you know, I'd heard a lot about the show before watching it about like people were saying like it really glorified suicide and this and that. And I, I actually feel I it does not that. at all. No, at all. Um, even, even if I watched just one, I feel like it didn't, but then especially after watching the entire series, I actually 100% feel like it does not glorify suicide. Mm-mm. It really makes you, I actually feel like it does the opposite of that mm-hmm. where it really shows how 
like decisions in life really affect a lot of people in different ways that you don't even realize and like how her suicide affected all of these characters in so many ways mm-hmm. and how the other characters affected her. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Really interesting show. Um, it's a, it's a heavy watch. Like we binge watched it and it, it took a toll on me mentally. I, I had to take a break in the middle, but, um, yeah. just, and wonderful. there are some disclaimers, uh, on yeah. some episodes that tell you, uh, yeah. what's going to be in it. Yeah. And, yeah. Like this episode is specifically going to show suicide and it's going to be heavy or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I think the other interesting thing for me though, specifically was, uh, most of this was shot in Vallejo where I grew up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't know before going into it. I didn't know that at all. Uh, but then all of a sudden I was like, Hey, wait, that's my hometown. That's weird. <laughs> and then I looked it up and most of the sets were actually modified streets in Vallejo where I grew up. Crazy. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but that was a good one. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you have another one, or was that it? Uh, nope, that was my last one. All right. Why. So let's move on to what we're looking forward to in TV in 2018. All right. I only came up with four for this. Really? That's okay. All right. You go first. <laughs> Big Little Lies Season 2. Okay, yeah. Do you have that? No, I don't have that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to about it? I want to know more what's going to happen. I want to see these... Women get into capers and dig themselves out of it. Yeah. yeah. I want them to become like the Scooby-Doo gang and go and solve mysteries oh, and murders. See, I'm a little I'm a little <laughs> conflicted on this one because I loved the first season mm-hmm. a lot, but I don't want them to ruin it. Okay, so Broadchurch. Yeah. Maybe it could be like a Broadchurch. It could be, except Broadchurch wasn't <laughs> such like an ensemble cast. Mm. I think that's what was... I think maybe that's what was so remarkable to me about... A Big Little Lies was there are so many famous people in it, mm-hmm. and that can go off the deep end. I mean, mm-hmm. it has Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Adam Scott, um, who am I forgetting? Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård, uh, and Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, oh, Laura Dern, hello, it has freaking Laura Dern. I love Laura Dern. <laughs> and also, can we talk about how good Laura Dern is in Big Little Lies? She's good. She is so freaking good. Glad to see her still out there. Holy crap. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) I will love Laura Dern forever because (laughs) I want to be Ellie in Jurassic Park. (laughs) Run. But uh, aside from that, she has come back and is having like the best career ever right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is in Star Wars? Yeah. Well, she was in Wild with Reese Witherspoon also, Mm -hmm. which was a really good movie a couple years ago. Then she was in this. She's in Star Wars. She's been in a few other things. Like, Jesus, she's doing so good right now. She's just, she's crushing it. Good for you, Laura Darren. You got on the show. Don't let those dinosaurs get you down. (laughs) What if she made an appearance in uh, Jurassic World 2? I would give them all of my dollars to go see it. (laughs) Did you notice that Jurassic World 2 did not make it into my movies? Which I'm worried about it. Yeah, me too. I loved part one, but mm. it was fun. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, okay. I'm looking forward to Roseanne. All right. I'm on my list too. so looking forward to this. So this is funny because, uh, you know, Roseanne is one of those shows I watched all the time growing up, but then I feel like people made fun of me for watching it growing up. Really? Because it was sort of like a white trashy show and like, I don't know, it was kind of like lowbrow, even though it was the number one show on television for a few years in a row in the mm-hmm. original run. 
but like nobody I knew watched it. And so I always kind of kept quiet about it. Funny. And then the last few years, it's really come out that like everybody I know watched it growing up and liked it. Yeah. Um, so last year when they announced that it was coming back, I about crapped myself. <laughs> and and I mean, the entire cast is coming back. Mm-hmm. Everybody is coming back, including both Beckys. <laughs> So I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, there's some very interesting things. I, I, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say because the show's like 20 years old at this point. I want to know how they're going to overcome Dan's death, which they wrote in to mm-hmm. the end of the show. Um, also, at the end of the show, they made some very clear statements about characters. Like, for example, uh, I think they had said that Darlene was Darlene was actually married to Mark and Becky was married to David at the end of the they show. They said that? Yes. What? In the very last episode. Oh, wow. They also said that the mom was a lesbian. The, the yeah, grandma. Yeah. The grandma. Well, she was, wasn't she? I forget. On the show? I, forget. I think she was on the show. Yeah. Or maybe it was. The, maybe they switched it up so her sister was. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Um, So I'm very curious to see how they'll do that. The other thing I'm curious to is, like, what are they going to do with Mark? Because the guy that played him he died. died. Yeah. So very curious to see what they'll do. Because I already know from the plot that I've read so far, um, Darlene and David have kids in the new series. Ooh. So it's going to take place like it's the same show, but now it's not a reboot or anything. Oh, interesting. Just, yeah. Didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So we'll see. But I'm excited. I'm super stoked on that one. So that <laughs> one comes out uh, March 27th on ABC. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. Next. Handmaiden's Tale season two. You are just you are just doing season two of all your favorite shows of this year. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, (laughs) what are you expecting to see out of The Handmaid's Tale season two? Gosh. Also, Uh, I love that you never call it the right title. You always say The Handmaiden. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, is that better? I think that's adorable. Handmaiden, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, it's more. I want to know more about the world. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, I want to see where they go with that because. There is, you know, kind of an exploration of what yeah. is open in mm-hmm. that world and um, see what the relationships that have blossomed in season one yeah. that weren't expected and how they're going to have to be dealt with in, you know, in reuniting and, uh, you know, in what happens in the in yeah. the future, yeah. I guess. Because... Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, you you deal with what you deal with at the time. Yeah. And you don't expect to, you know, you think that that's it. Yeah. Like you're stuck in where you're at. Right. But Because they've all left previous lives or been pulled out of previous lives. Then they've established relationships or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And now things are coming to the point where their previous lives may, Might may come intersect. back. Intersect, yes. yes. And so that'll be interesting to see what happens right. with that. Because yep. they've made it. Pretty clear that that's going to happen. Yes. So we'll see. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, gosh. Well, I don't know. I want revolutions. It's another, want... he- it's another heavy show, though. I'm going want... to need, need a drink with that again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cool. Uh, okay. Next for me is, this is a new show I'm looking forward to. It's a spinoff called Grownish. Oh, yeah. So this is a spinoff. Um, it's actually another show. It didn't make my top five, but I, I watch this show every week. Uh, this is a spinoff of Blackish on ABC. So good. So freaking funny. Holy crap. And so um not political, but very smart and very um bring it brings these uh gosh, issues. Yeah. It uh, highlights it highlights like things from our history that are 
relevant to our current political climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a spinoff. So Blackish is about um, sort of a affluent African-American family in Los Angeles. Um, Anthony Anderson is freaking hysterical as the lead on this show. So is the wife. Yeah. Actually, she, the whole you know she's Diana Ross's daughter? You told me. Yeah. That. I mean, yeah. I forget what her name is. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. But holy crap. Um, so the the blackish is all about uh, you know the family dynamic of an African American family. Would you say that they're kind of the Cosby Show of this uh, um, this era? I mean, I guess in so. a way, it's hard to relate it because the Cosby Show followed that very like family formula, mm-hmm. and things aren't that cheesy anymore on TV. Yeah. So I guess so. So like the Cosby I mean, Show, but more realistic. Yeah, because it is very modern. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, I guess so. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. Cause Cosby, I guess actually, I never really thought about it that Cosby way. The Cosby show did deal with some issues and whatnot. It did. But... And, they were, and again, afflu- affluent African-American family. Both mm-hmm. the parents had very um, well-paying careers, mm-hmm. which you didn't see on TV at the time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you still don't see a lot. Um, gosh, yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that. Even like to the like same number of kids, huh? Four kids. Oh no, they have five kids now. Hmm. On Blackish. Well, yeah. one's leaving, so they'll be back. For yeah. Four. Anyways, so <laughs> it's getting, be a, that, no, getting no, back on track. Let's get to the different world now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think of that. This is a totally different world. Oh my god. So yeah, so Grownish <laughs> is a spinoff of Blackish, and it's about the oldest daughter Zoe going off to college. Holy crap! <laughs> Lisa Bonet. How have I not made this connection? Oh my god. I mean, god, it works for so the Cosby, weird. so. Hopefully so it'll work weird. here. You know what though? I always thought about a different world was like they always felt so old to me. Like they felt like adults already. And in reality, when you go off to college, you're a young child still. You know. Yeah. But like Lisa Bonet, she she felt like a woman already. She was like an adult when she was on a different world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm excited for this. Only thing that is interesting when I was looking this up is they've moved it away from ABC. Oh, where is it going to be? So it's it was developed for ABC, uh, but they are moving it to Freeform, oh, which used to be ABC, ABC Family. Family. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm still going to watch it. All right. Yeah. Set it up on your DVR. I will. All right. What's next for you? Uh, looking forward to The Good Place Season 3. Yes. The that was a surprise. So funny. Me, we, that for me, too. We started watching the Season 1 this year. Yeah. And that was it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then season two, it was it's all right. Good. Yeah. I don't think it's good as season one, but no, it was still, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So Good Place is about uh, Kristen Bell. She's not a super nice person. She dies. Again, not a spoiler. That's yeah. like the first, first 30 episode. seconds of the yeah. show. She dies and ends up in The Good Place. The Good Place. Yeah. And Ted Danson is uh, like kind of like the architect of yeah. The Good Place. Yes. And because she's not actually a good person, some chaos ensues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, man, the show is very clever mm-hmm. and very funny. Oh, gosh. I love the, like, digital assistant that pops up. Oh, my God. She she's is Janet. Janet. Oh, Janet is so good. Crap. She is the best part of that Janet show. Janet needs her own show. Janet does need her own show. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to season three and seeing... Yeah. After what's happened in the previous seasons, mm-hmm. what they're going to do with it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good show to binge too. There's, mm-hmm. I think the first two seasons are on uh, Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Cool. Uh, it's on NBC, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Good places on NBC. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. Another one from me. This is a new, a new show. Um, Sharp Objects is coming out. I actually didn't know about this until I was researching for this program. What is it? Or for this episode. So Sharp Objects is a book I read. Um, a book by Jillian Flynn who wrote Gone Girl. Uh-oh. So Sharp Objects, I actually just read a few months ago. I remember what happened to Sharp Object in that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, there's some more Sharp Objects in this book. Uh-oh. Um, so the book is basically about uh, a reporter who has to return to her hometown to report on uh, some murders that, I don't want to give it away, but she is, sort her past is sort of involved with the murders in a way. Okay. So the book, is, I actually really enjoyed the book. Uh, I read it just a couple of months ago. Um, not as, like, I don't want to say not as good, but not as uh, shocking as Gone Girl. Okay. But uh, a good book. Um, so HBO is developing this one. Uh, it's going to come out in June. Uh, I, I assume it's going to be a short season, high budget kind of a thing, too, like Big Little Lies. Hmm. Um, but it's going to have uh, Amy Adams and wow. Patricia Clarkson. So this should be good. And it's being directed by the guy who directed Big Little Eyes. Oh, yeah. so hopefully. So hopefully this will be excellent. I'm super excited. hit out of the ballpark. Yes. That's coming in June. Cool. Next. My turn? Yeah. All right. Have you heard of this one? Which one? Castle Rock. I have been hearing about it, but I don't know much about it. All right. I didn't really know much about it either because I was looking at things that are coming out next year okay. or this year. Yeah. And... uh Castle Rock is a J.J. Abrams uh, show that's coming out okay, based so on Stephen already. King. Oh, double take my money. Castle Rock, yeah, on Stephen King writings. Okay, so I don't. I was reading something that maybe characters from the different series like meet up or. So is that why Sissy Spacek's in it? Maybe because she know. was Carrie. She played Carrie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's, all, that's a... literally all I know is that it was a Stephen King story and mm-hmm. that Sissy Spacek is going to be in it. That's all oh, I know. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know much more. I just okay. know those two names. Cool. And I'm sold. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Cool. That sounds fun. Okay. My last one that I'm looking forward to. Um, this is not a new show. It's going into the third season. The Magicians. <laughs> I wrote that and then I took it off. Did you? Yeah. I know. <laughs> This one's sort of a guilty pleasure. So this is another series of books that I read. Uh, the books were weird because uh, they're kind of all over the place. Lev Grossman? Yeah, Lev Grossman. I see him right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The books are kind of weird. I liked them. So it's basically magicians sort of living in a modern world. Uh, and we say magicians, but it's not it's not magicians like you would see on The Late Show. It's magicians not like... like a ha- a- Pulling a rabbit out of the hat. Yeah, it's more of like Harry Potter without, without, uh, without profanity, well, without wands, <laughs> without prof- like uh, profanity cards, because they just like cuss all the time. What? It's Harry like Harry Potter, Potter in college. Yes. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> yeah, but not as cute. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, because they cuss all the time and have realistic like. Yeah ecology yes yeah so but but aside from that there's also this like parallel dimension where they live called <sighs> fillery what not do you call it? it's not filoli no it's not filoli uh where i had my holiday party oh my god anyways uh so anyway, this is on sci-fi uh it's going into the third season the books are weird they were fun i liked them i read them quickly the show is si- sort of silly mm-hmm. like it's it's sci-fi but I'm looking forward to it because it's a guilty pleasure. Well, that first season I thought was pretty good. 
the first season was really and good. And the second one kind of got, got a little yeah. sci- Then you're like, okay, this is a sci-fi show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it picked up again at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it got better again. So I'm excited for it. It's it, it's not the greatest show on the planet, but I I think it's good for sci-fi. I think we've invested our time into the characters I and like watching it. it I like it. We need it. to finish it up. I really like the lady that plays Julia. Julia's good. Yeah. And her character, again. The main guy, the main uh, guy though, he just annoys me. He annoyed me. He's in the very books whiny. Too, yeah, but he annoyed me in the books too. Hmm. It's like this book is about you, and I don't care about you. I care about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that was my last one. Did you have another one? No, that was it. Okay. Cool. Well, we've got a lot of media coming up. All right. So let's move on to our final piece of media in review for 2017. What could that be? It's what we're doing right now. Podcast. Talking to each other? No. Podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah. So let's talk about um, our favorite podcasts this year. Okay. I've listened to podcasts for a long time, (laughs) but I started new ones this year. Wow. And uh, I, I really liked some of these. So you want me to kick it off? Uh, sure. I okay. mean, I didn't really listen to podcasts before. I might have listened to one or two, but I was yeah. never like a, oh, I'm looking forward to this week or okay. whatever. Every I've day. Li- yeah, like I've listened to This American Life and The Moth and some of those others for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So I don't think I actually added things to a podcast, like subscribed to anything until this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, especially I actually, the I only and Steve met- show. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which is I weird. Didn't, I didn't subscribe to that till this year either. How weird. Which... I find year. it weird listening to. Do you listen to it? Our own show. Yeah. Mm, sometimes. Yeah. I don't I find like it listening weird. to myself. I don't know. I don't know how other people like listening to me either. Well, they love it. Yeah. You, I'm sure. They say you're like the radio talk show guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about. I fell in love with this one this year, which is how I built this on NPR. Oh, I totally forgot to write that one oh down. My God. I am addicted to this freaking podcast. I wish it would make more. I, I wish, I it wish was they daily. would make me too. I wish <laughs> it's so good. It, it is, is so very good. good. So how I built this is uh, it's from NPR. It's hosted by Guy Raz. Uh, it's all about um, people who have built uh, businesses or organizations. And often from nothing up to huge corporations. So sometimes it's about big companies like Southwest Airlines or or Instagram or whatever. Spanx. Spanx has been interesting. But they're, it's really just interesting to see how these entrepreneurs have gotten there. Mm-hmm. Like there's just this common thread of luck throughout everything. But mm-hmm. there's also just like crazy twists and turns. Yeah, terminations and bankruptcies and, and, and just late nights and getting your kids involved and mortgaging homes and people just don't give up. And I think it's so inspiring to see that like these big things that I find really cool have been just built from nothing oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Or a need like, Oh, I found this need for this one thing and I made it into this and then it actually became a big thing. Totally. Yeah. I've been super inspired by this. Uh, I, have never binged podcasts before, but I have binged almost the entire series of this. Uh, I think it's only a handful that I haven't listened to yet. Really? I know, I know you did the same. I listen to all of them. Yeah. I have all the time in the yeah. world at work. So. so this comes out weekly from NPR. Um, and I have to say, this is not your typical NPR. Welcome to NPR. This is Terry Gross with Fresh Air. No. this is Fresh Air. Yeah. This is much more like up-tempo um energetic mm-hmm. really interesting story interesting yeah. questions he does a really good job yeah. of like asking questions yeah. and 
uh, getting them to tell their stories. Yeah. And it's shorter, too. They're probably 30, 30 to 45 minutes max. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it caps it off with the uh, like stories from people that listen. Yes. About how like uh, in- interesting things that they're doing. Yeah. People who aren't famous yet, mm-hmm. who are building their own businesses right now. What was the um, that uh, the wallet you got me? Rare form. Rare form. Yeah. Was yeah. that a, a story or no, was that, that a bumper? Was from Shark Tank? Oh, I thought that they were on there too. They might have. Maybe I didn't get to it yet. Oh, but I heard about them on Shark Tank. Oh, shout out Shark Tank. I'm also excited about that coming back in 2018. <laughs> it's another guilty pleasure. I love Shark Tank. All right. What about? Uh, why don't you hit me up? What's one podcast that you love this year? S Town. I have that? that one too. Yeah. S Town was so good. It was so good. So in my getting into podcasts, I listened to Serial uh, season one and two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want more. I want more. My ears are hungry for more. Yeah. And Serial is from the people that do this American life. Yes. But the difference is they take one story and, and make a serial of it. So yes. it's one story for a full season. Yes. That's the setup. For so this. they did two of those. And yes. then this one. Uh, was from the same people that did that, right. but it was a story of uh, John B. McLemore. He's a man in Alabama that reached out to a reporter, mm-hmm. and um, he wanted the reporter to investigate a possible murder. Right. And in his small town. In his small town. Right. Which is called S Town. Yeah. Well, it's called some kind of town. S Town. Yeah. And uh, then it just. An interesting story. It spiraled. Holy moly. Yeah. It took yeah. turns that you weren't expecting. Yeah. And the story. Oh. Yeah. I listened to it at work, and there was one episode, and I just, I don't know. It was one of those times did where break I, down? I did I yeah. did get a little weepy. Yeah. Because there was uh, something that happened in there, and it was just like so unexpected. Yes. And, oh, wow. Yeah. It yeah. was good. They have such good production on that show. Yeah, they do. Well, the folks at This American Life, they do fantastic production. Like, I mean, even in their short segments on the weekly edition, like, you just feel for some of those stories. It, but on S Town in particular, where they were able to, you know, stretch that out for a full season. Mm-hmm. And, and we say full season, there were only like eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this one was serial? They released it like every week? Yes. Okay. Because this, this one, I think this they one released was a, it all. This right? one was a binge. Yeah. All eight episodes came out on the same day. Yeah. Um, I, it's interesting because, you know, podcasts typically have been like what we're doing where people just sort of like talk about stuff, but they're very quickly becoming, uh, a, di- a different thing. Another one on my list is this kind of same format where it's like much higher production value. I'm telling a story over time, uh, more like a TV drama mm-hmm. or a TV series, uh, but without visuals. Hmm. I, I find that's becoming a new trend, almost like a, Almost like an audio book. Like, like radio audio. shows? Yes, like a radio show. But the production is just so good on some of these things. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, S-Town was also on my list. Really good. Um, did you get emotional with it? I don't I don't think I got weepy, but it did hit me. I know what part you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, I had a friend listen to it as well. And yeah. he, he like messaged me. He's like, what? No. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. It, yeah. yeah. So I think he, he was affected by it as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. My next one is um, uh, Still Processing. Have mm. you listened to this one? Mm-mm. Okay. So Still Processing is uh, from the New York Times. And it's uh, two of the writers that 
write for the New York Times in different capacities other, besides the podcast. So this is uh, Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris. Um, they sort of write about like tech and pop culture and and movies and music and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so their podcast is sort of like at the beginning they have kind of a, a like a throwdown of like what's on their mind that week, and mm-hmm. then they sort of choose one or or two of those topics and they talk about it. And sometimes it is topical, so it could be like um, the election, like the presidential election, or it could be just sort of like. Uh, they did an episode on like self-care and what that means, like taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's about um, minorities being represented in media and things like that. But it's interesting. They're both African-American writers. Um, so it's just d- really neat to hear a different perspective on things that are kind of being shouted out on our TVs and our other, like, you know, talk radio stations or whatever, which I don't really listen to, but it's just interesting to hear a different perspective on things than the mainstream. Cool. Yeah. So I, I like them. And they're also just, I feel like I've just sold that as like, it's a political show, but they're also just really funny. And it's like, after a few episodes, I've kind of grew to kind of like like them and they talk about music a lot i I found out about a lot of new um artists i like now listening to the show and Mm -hmm. and stuff so they're funny and insightful and it's just it's interesting so i recommend that one what artist um what's her name uh alice alice smith i think is her name let me let me look it up on spotify but she's kind of jazzy um is that right yeah alice smith um i heard about her on the show um I forget what that episode was about, but just not kind of like an R and B slash jazz artist. So it's not really a genre I would typically gravitate toward, but they played a couple clips on the show and talked about, um, it was like a side conversation about like Jenna had gone to see a show in New York mm-hmm. of this artist. And I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to look that artist up now. And so now I've added a few of those tracks to my playlist on Spotify. Cool. Yeah. They also did talk about Despacito's baby song of the summer, which was just a disaster. But I mean, it was. You can't. You couldn't get away. From it. It's so catchy, so awful. All right, moving on. Next for you. So similar to a different perspective. Oops. Whoa, yep. sorry. Don't worry about it. We're fine. It's fine. It's fine. Keep going. Your microphone is falling it's down. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, another like different perspective uh, podcast that I found was. Latino USA. Oh, yeah. I listened to a couple of those. I really, really enjoy Latino USA. Yeah. I love Maria Hinojosa, uh-huh. who is the um, host. Uh, host of it. Yeah. Hinojosa. Yeah. And um, she, I don't know. I like listening to her voice. She has a really nice voice. Yeah. Uh, the production is pretty good on there. Uh, it's an NPR mm-hmm. one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, it's the longest running Latino focused program on U.S. public media. Oh, <laughs> thank you for reading that to me. You're welcome. Well, I re- that's I, cool, though. I that's didn't know it. that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I should note that. Uh, and some of the episodes that are on there have been exploring the tradition of quinceañeras, mm-hmm. which uh, I think it was like a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. that I heard that one. Uh, let's see. The Disney relationship with Latin America. Oh, yeah. That's the one I listened to. That one was really interesting. That was super interesting, yeah. right? Um, let's see. They discussed the DACA and like mm-hmm. uh, things that people could do mm-hmm. um, to deal with that, mm-hmm. they uh, she dealt with or they this show dealt with um, what's it called? Uh, 
segregation mm. in cemeteries in Texas. So oh, that's interesting. This woman uh, had a husband that was Latino, and she was trying to get him buried at the cemetery, mm-hmm. but um, they wouldn't do it because it was kind of like whites only. Oh, what? Yeah, and it was even after death. That's weird. Yeah, it was super weird. Still happening, but hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just very interesting to hear all these stories that they come up with that aren't like mainstream stories. Yeah. But they go in, investigate, and talk about it. Uh, they also did uh, like a month after um, Hurricane Maria in mm-hmm. Puerto Rico. They talked to people there. That's cool. Um, yeah. There are tons of stuff. And it's, I feel that I haven't really been in touch with my culture. Mm. Uh, so do you feel like this show is helping, helping you be more aware and driving you to more biased action or? Uh, I wouldn't say bias action, but I, I, I do feel that I'm getting more aware of things that are happening and cool. things that I, you know, don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to learn more about the culture and then what's happening and uh, just things like that are really cool. That I that's awesome. I'm really happy that I found it. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. How about and you? That's an NPR one. It's an NPR Latino cool. USA. Awesome. Yeah, I, I listened to that one episode that you sent, the Disney one, but I need to, I'll check that one out more too. Yeah. All right. My next one that I got into this year, um, it, which is still going right now, is called Heaven's Gate. Oh, yeah. This one is so weird. So I haven't caught kind up of, on that. Like, this is that sort of similar format I was mentioning where it's like, instead of a different subject each week, it's more of like a serial. So this is, um, this follows like the Heaven's Gate cult um, that got really famous in 97 when they... 39 people committed suicide together in a house in San Diego. Um, but it's hosted by uh, Glenn Washington, who is a former cult member himself. He he was raised in a cult. Um, his parents were part of a cult when he was growing up. So he has been doing, he's pulled together like all these different interviews um, from friends and family members of people who were in Heaven's Gate and is really just telling the story about how cults, build like a slow burn over time because heaven's gate turns out started back in the 60s and built really slowly over time before their big final um newsworthy sad thing so um just really interesting i remember you know i was super young when that was on when that happened and it came on the news and it's always been like this big weird mystery to me Mm -hmm. so it's been interesting to hear this one um each week he kind of tells a little bit more about the story who were the founders of the cult how did they get people in what happened etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i think that one's still going they even had just a, a new episode this last week so um but it's it's creepy it's weird it's mysterious it's kind of quirky at the same time but it, um you know it's not a downer though but you know and we talked about production earlier that show just mm-hmm. has wonderful production just super super well done uh, that one's done by uh, Stitcher. But uh, one of the producers, I believe, is from This American Life, maybe. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next for you. Next for me. Uh, the Daily. Do you listen to The Daily? No, it's The, the Daily. New York Times. Mm-mm. It's a uh, like, 20-minute little news uh, news show about like what happened like mm. the day before okay. or what's happening. And then... Uh, it presents it in a nice little short format. Oh, that's cool. So I listen to actually listen to two different news ones in the morning, mm-hmm. but this is the main one I go to. Okay, uh, what's so the other one? Uh, up first, yeah, that's the one I listen to. Yeah, yeah. So I have both those. I listen to up first first because okay. it's like the 
a lighter version. And yeah. then this one, it not only goes through kind of that kind of stuff, the mm-hmm. news, but also has other stories about okay. um, things that are happening that are relevant or th- that are interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, it's hosted by Mar- Michael Barbaro. Okay. I'll have to give that one a listen. Yeah. That's from New York He's got Times. a really smooth voice. Okay. Well, Although, I feel like most of these podcast people do. It's funny because for me. Uh, he had played, uh, he was playing like a wrap up of like 2017 mm-hmm. and, uh, he played an earlier uh, podcast, and he didn't really sound like that. Oh, really? Like, oh, wow. Yeah, he so sounded... He got, he got better over time, or what? Yeah, I think so. He got, like, kind of in the podcast, like, radio voice groove. I wonder if we're getting in the radio I voice I think you're groove. already there. I just have to work on mine. How's this? That sounds weird. I'm sorry, but this is the way I'm going to always speak to you. I feel like I speak higher than this in normal life. A little bit. I feel like I'm usually really excited, like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Only when you see pizza. Rude. <laughs> Jesus. You like pizza. I do. We just ate them. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Michael Barbaro, New York Times, The Daily. Cool. And is it daily? It is. <laughs> Except for- That'd be really um, weird if it wasn't. Saturday and well, Sunday. Yeah, of course. All right. I had one more. Okay. American Suburb. Did you oh, listen to this yeah, one? Yeah, I did. Is that the one about... Yeah, um, this was a local one. Yeah, local So this one. was produced by um, our PBS affiliate here in the Bay Area, which is KQED. Um, so this one uh, kind of followed some community drama in a Bay Area city or town, whatever you want to call it, called Antioch. Um, and I think this was really interesting, too, because uh, I know Antioch. I actually have family that lives in Antioch. But I hadn't heard much about this story. Um but they've had a lot of uh, racial tension in Antioch over the past, I guess, decade or so. Um, so this was also in a serial format. Um, and this is a handful of episodes. Um, but they really talked to a lot of people in the community about the problems and how they think they got there and what they could do about it. And um, it was interesting because this one was slightly different from like all these other serial shows. I feel like there tends to be a wrap up at the end, mm-hmm. you know, and this one felt more like a news segment, like a long news segment. Like I didn't feel like there was a ton of wrap up at the end. It was just sort of like, and that's where we are today. Yeah. That's how I, I kind of wanted more, but I really liked it. It was interesting from, uh, and it was cool to have a, a local perspective because it was from a local station. Is there any news about them maybe doing other uh, I suburbs? Haven't, I haven't heard anything about it yet. But I know when they were doing the show, they had mentioned about like trying to do more about it. But hmm, I haven't heard cool. anything yet. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. All right. That was my last one. All do right. you have more? Yeah, I have one. All right. What was it? Faster Than Normal. Oh, I don't even know what this one it's is. It's the uh, ADHD podcast by Peter Shankman. Okay. Uh, it's about like tips on focusing and how to deal with ADHD and... Cool. Uh, he interviews uh, mostly successful people yeah. in their um, professions or whatnot, hmm. and uh, like how they get to where they got, and uh, how what are some tips uh, that they use to overcome the you know the um, uh, effects of ADHD. Gotcha. Uh, but some people don't like they haven't been diagnosed, mm-hmm. but they kind of have these traits that are what are known for ADHD. Right. And uh, it's super interesting. It's a short one. It's usually about 15 minutes. Okay. So they're quick listens. That's cool. He's like, uh, they don't, we don't have like, uh, we need some quick things. Okay. Because we don't have that long to listen. I see. The attention span and whatnot. I see. Uh, 
yeah, and that was pretty interesting too. I found out about that through uh, actually Audible because I went to look for things to focus because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a I think I have a problem focusing, mm-hmm. like fully focusing, and I went on Audible to look and see like self help books and to see uh, like if there were anything specific to focus, mm-hmm. and that was one of the top ones. I was like, okay, this looks interesting. I listened to a little preview, and then I bought it. And then listen to it. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Cool. I'm really excited to get some focusing tips. Yeah. And then he started talking about ADHD and uh, talking to people or reading some stories from people that had written in about their ADHD and some of their symptoms and whatnot. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I have that. I have that. I have that. Huh. I wonder if I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know we, you had talked to me uh, like joking. I thought you were joking about it. And I mm-hmm. joked about it too because I know that I have yeah. like a short attention span and uh, always losing my stuff. Like all these things that they yeah. kind of mentioned in that book. And uh, I actually went to go and see about getting diagnosed. And I did get diagnosed mm-hmm. uh, with a form of ADHD and quite recently. And with the podcast and so the many book. Questions. <laughs> with the podcast and the book, I think uh, it helped to get me there, and so that's good. Yeah, it was super helpful, and I, I need to reach out to him and say thanks for that. Cool. Um, but yeah, and I think uh, I'll probably mention some of the stuff in the podcast too about like where my journey is. Yeah, that would be a good episode. We should do mm-hmm. a whole episode on that. And I'm I'm really trying not to be on medication. I know a lot of things are, um, you know, negative and positive things about it, but yeah. I don't want to rely on it. Yeah. And I know there are different ways to deal with it without the medication. Yeah, for sure. And so I want to try to pursue both. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we should do a full episode maybe in like a couple months when you have, you know, kind of Figured come a little out. bit farther along. And Yeah, because yeah. I just started yeah. taking medicine, by the way. Cool. Oh, great. I don't know if you noticed. Didn't but... know. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Not All a right. surprise. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. <clears throat> so was that your last podcast? That is my last podcast. Cool. Faster than normal. All right. And it's this so, episode has not been faster than normal. No, it hasn't. But uh another one of the things that he preaches is uh that it's ADHD is not a it's not a like a hindrance. It's uh-huh. actually like a benefit and it's a gift and it's all about like the positive things about it. Mm. Because there are also some really interesting and um, positive things that can get out of it. Mm. That's good. As long as you can like work with it and mold it to cool, be positive. Yeah. Well, good. Cool. So next we're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to wrap this up by things we want to do this year. Yeah, exactly. Goals. Yeah. So no resolutions. Yeah. Not resolutions, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really a big believer in resolutions because I feel like, those are things that where it's like a resolution to me feels like, oh, I wasn't good enough this year in this way. So I want to resolve to do it this way next year. You know, that's like, like I will never have a resolution to lose weight because I already know I'm a fat ass and I know I need to lose weight. But it's not going to be a resolution because <laughs> I'll do it when I'm ready to do it, you know. All right. But let's talk about like <laughs> goals, because I think these are just like things that we want to do in 2018 to make the year the best that it can be for us. All right. So my first one was I want to play more games. What kind of games? Um, all kind of games, really. Um, you know, we had a we did a game night for New Year's Eve 
this year. Mm-hmm. With that just was fun. A handful of friends, and it was so fun. I love playing board games and stuff like that, but also just video games. You know, my stack of video games to play is getting really big. Your backlog. My backlog, yeah. And um, I don't know. You know, I basically I need to stop watching reruns of Golden Girls. <laughs> And, playing, and friends and playing more yeah i mean like we are totally guilty we did that yesterday mm-hmm. we watched so many reruns of shows that we've seen like seven times already that'd be fair we were cleaning at the time yeah but i mean like we do it even when they're not you know yeah like when i come home and i'm sitting on the couch like i could be playing a video game and exploring a new world you'd be killing aliens yeah getting stressed out or that but I don't know video games are just so amazing now. Like they have so much story and like amazing characters. I loved the Uncharted series. I'm finally just I actually just kicked this off today. I'm playing uh, the Uncharted Lost Legacy right now. Um, but they're they're like books and movies now, where they're like they're just as expansive and and amazing. And I want to do more of that. Would you consider them art? Video games? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. It's at the point now where, like, I've already spent probably 30 minutes today in the Lost Legacy and Uncharted Lost Legacy just going into the camera mode and taking pictures because the games are just so beautiful. They have a camera mode now where you can adjust aperture and focus and zoom and pan and tilt and all that. Are you going to do anything with these pictures? Well, it saves them to your screenshot gallery. And then are you, you going like, to print them out? or No, but I will like maybe put them on my Facebook or whatever later. Huh. They're just so cool. It'd like, be really cool if you make like postcards or something like that. Yeah, it'd be cool. Or print them out. Make some sort dog. Of, yeah, some sort of art project. That would be cool, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Good idea. All right. What about you? What's number one for you? Uh, more guests on the podcast. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Uh, why is that? What do you like about having guests on the podcast? I don't know. It's just interesting to have that interview or learn more about the per- people, mm-hmm. friends or whatnot, or even people that we don't know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Like reaching out to people that we're interested in that do things that yeah. we don't do and we don't know how to do and learning about that. And yeah. Maybe when we learn a little bit more about how to do this, then we can do that. <laughs> just no, you just got to be lucky. Uh huh. Okay. Like all those people. Yeah. How I made this. That's cool. Uh, actually, create more. I'd love to create more. What kind of things? What do you want to create? All kinds of things. I'd like That's to paint big. more, draw more. Yeah. Uh, maybe work on some games. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's good. Uh, I want to travel more. We actually traveled quite a bit this year, but I last think year. it. Well, yeah, last year now. That's right. It's 2018 now. But yeah, I mean, I, I got to travel for work quite a bit. Uh, and then you and I did some travel mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but it just made me like kind of reignited, you know, like I go through this every couple of years. Like we have like a down year where we don't travel that much. And then we have an up year where we travel a lot. And mm-hmm. I just love it. I love seeing what else is out there. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge trip. Like we went to Japan this summer, which was fantastic. And then you went right back. And then I went right back <laughs> for work. But uh, it doesn't have to be huge like that either. Like, I would love to start doing more day trips. I'd love to go to Yosemite this year. Mm-hmm. I'd love to just see more of what's out there, you know? Like, even just, like, visit some Bay Area community that we haven't been to before and check it out. Or even, like, here in, in San Jose. Like, let's go check out a different part of San Jose and see stuff. I don't know. I just like to get out there and travel and explore more. I like it. All right. I guess my question is, like, what do I do with it? I've got a friend, Dinah, at work who she runs a travel blog uh, called Headed Anywhere. And... Like she just she takes pictures and all this stuff for her blog and like 
it gives her travel like she loves to do it first of all her and her husband they love to travel mm-hmm. but like i feel like that gives her a purpose to do it too mm-hmm. and i feel like i need something like that for my travel like what do i want to do with all this stuff i'm creating write I'd stories maybe maybe yeah how about yeah. we go to different places and write little stories we could do that mm-hmm. we'll see we're not very good about doing that while we travel though no we could well we just have to make make it a point to do it mm. have to put down the beers you can write it when drinking. <laughs> mm, don't we'll get see drunk. about that. All right. Next for you. Uh, I also had more travel. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> but uh, how about this? The indoor skydiving. Let's actually do that. <laughs> okay. Yes, we could do the indoor skydiving. Our friend Jenny gave us uh, some ticket certificates to go indoor skydiving. Yeah. I was trying to get it done a long time ago so we could have had an episode about it with visuals. Okay. But uh, no, there's no visuals. Needed. Yes, visuals. No. I'm already embarrassed enough this year on Snapchat and Instagram. <sighs> well, I want to see more of the tree whisperer no, this year. The tree whisperer is dead until Christmas. No, the tree whisperer so has to whisper this tree out the house. <laughs> the tree whisperer is going to whisper you down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my last big goal for 2018 is keep working on my family history. Oh. I did a lot of that this year. Uh, I got really interested this year in my family's. Um, history just kind of like where where i come from where my family comes from but also doing the the family tree i got really into ancestry.com and stuff like that um i'm actually going to be working on an episode for the podcast about it trying to get mike involved in it too we'll see what we can come up with but we started doing like the dna tests and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. i'd love to keep doing that um i've started doing like recording oral history with my with my dad and my grandma um i want to do that with more of my family too i think it's important to capture that stuff so I think that's pretty cool. I I remember I had a little video from my grandpa when we saw him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could find that. I wonder where it's at. Yeah, because it'd be really cool. Because he was spouting off stories. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was saying, but he was spouting off stories. Yeah. I think it's cool. Like we should make efforts to get your family involved in stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. I know yours is farther away, but we should make effort. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I want to focus more on focusing. You want to focus more on focusing? Yeah. But I mean, I'm already taking steps to do that. That's good. Continuing my journey. Maybe we won't have to look for your car keys so much. Yes. That'd be and good. my wallet. And your wallet. And my badge. Oh my gosh. <sighs> hopefully you everything. won't. Hopefully you won't take my badge to work again. <laughs> you did that like four times this year. Sorry. Uh, and actually, I want to get uh, one of mine is to be more active in the community and maybe veteran services. I would love that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. like the uh, the Latino USA is mm-hmm. like, oh, I, wa- I want to do more. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to learn more about my culture yeah. and other cultures that are similar to mine. Yeah. And also, how can I help? And yeah. then how can I help? In the- There was an a episode about veterans, mm-hmm. about uh, Latino veterans. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd like to just be more active, cool. I think. I think my last one is I'd like to be more prepared for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We are so bad about preparing for this. Like, it's fun recording this and all, but, like, mm-hmm. when I compare us to other shows, like, mm-hmm. the ones that we've just rattled off, you know, like, like you can, it definitely shows the amount of preparedness that they put into that. Versus and production. And, and production. editing. And, and also, I mean, to be fair, it's like, that's their job. Yeah. This is, this is a hobby for us. But and they have, like, studios. Right. And they have audio techs right. and whatnot. But I would like for us to strive to do, like, maybe, like, once a month, we do, like, a really nice episode or once a season you know, like for example, maybe our family history episode is really produced, and we save that for a few months until it's really ready where we want. You know, hmm. I don't then know. we're gonna have to strive to that. 
We no, should just. I think we'll it, just... like if it's a special or something. I would just like mm. to explore doing more production. Better. Yeah. Mm. I mean, at minimum, we could definitely research better instead of recording at eleven thirty p.m., which it is right now. Yeah. Luckily, I don't feel super tired and not like. Well, that's good because you have to be at work in five and a half really hours. Really slow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, was that the last one for you? I think that was. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, it's wrapped up for me too. Yeah, more well, travel, indoor skydive, more guests on the podcast, and some random stuff. Create more, focus on focusing, be more active. Yeah, good, cool. So well, we'll we'll get it done. What listeners? What do y'all want to get done this year? What are some of the goals that y'all have? Yeah, let us know. Indeed, call Steve at no, <laughs> never ever call Steve. Steve hates being on the phone. Never Aww. call Steve. I don't even know his number, so don't worry about it. You really don't know my number? Shh. After like 10 years, okay, you don't let's know wrap my up. phone number? Wow. Let's wrap up. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know what? This has made me realize that I watch way too much TV. Mm-hmm. Bad TV. Uh, no. Well, you know what the problem is? There's just a lot of good TV out there. There now. is a lot. There's a lot of good TV. It was hard to narrow my TV down to the top five. It was yeah. really hard this year. I was there was a bunch like I didn't mention Good Behavior at all and I love that show. Oh, I didn't yeah. mention Queen Sugar, you know. You like, did mention it, but you didn't. Well, I mean, have no, it but I there. didn't go into what the show is or yeah. anything. But that's what I mean. Like there's there's just a lot of good TV out there right now. Mm-hmm. Let alone Big Brother. <laughs> the greatest show ever in all of television history. But first. But first. Well, that is the show for this week. I hope you guys have enjoyed this special double episode of the Mike and Steve show. Yes, we hope you listened. (laughs) (laughs) If you've made it this far, congratulations. Uh, Music for the show is by Dimitri Banoff and Addy Goldstein. And our opening vocal is by Chad Conselmo. Yeah, that's a word. But it's by our good friend Chad. Uh, Hope you guys are still liking the show. Thanks so much for liking, subscribing, and leaving feedback on iTunes. Uh, Your ratings really help us get up higher, higher, so people can see more of the show. Thanks for listening this past year. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have some really cool stuff coming down the way. That's right. We love hearing your feedback, so give us a shout on the socials. Let us know what you're thinking. We really love hearing from you Or if you have any ideas for some episodes that you don't know what you're doing. How would you like to hear us embarrass ourselves? (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.